three, two, one. Today we have with us Sister Samantha Burnett. She is a servant of the Lord, um, of course, a believer of the apostolic doctrine, one God, one faith, one baptism. Amen. She is a registered nurse. And so, of course, I believe she has the passion for helping others and she chose this career and um, she has been walking with the lord for the past 14 years a very long time to be walking with the lord especially in a time such as this she is also a newly wed uh, married to one husband of course and recently gave birth to a handsome baby boy Guys, please help me welcome on our show today, Samantha Burnett. Welcome, my sister. We are so happy to have you here with us. How are you doing today? Hi, Anisha. Thank you for having me. I'm all right. Nervous, but... <laughs> Don't be nervous. Let, I wish my family could tell you today, of course they are saying it in their hearts or wherever they are all across um, the world, wherever they're tuning in today, they will tell you that this is a safe space, right? And so um, you need not to be nervous because uh, this is your testimony. This is your life story. And I believe God that your story will impact someone somewhere. Amen. So just get comfortable, relax, and just breathe in and out. It is a safe space here. <laughs> All right. And so, um, Sister Samantha, I want you to tell us today what is your which is your favorite scripture and why. Favorite scripture and why. I'm sure you have many. <laughs> right. Um, all right. I'm going to use this one. Let me find it first. I mean, even if you are not able to tell us exactly where it is from, but if you can remember the words, that would be good enough. I can find it. Um, so it is first Peter 5, verse 7. Cast all your care upon him for he cared for you. Um, that's my favorite scripture. You don't have many, but it's a very straightforward scripture. It says to cast a care upon God for he cared for you. Is the 
you can say the only person that will care for you 100% despite what transpire between the relationship that you have with him and whatever may be going through your life, whether you are a believer of him or you're not a believer, he will always care for you. He will always do things for your good, no matter what. So that's why it's my favorite. Amen and amen. I couldn't agree with you more, Sister Samantha, that, and I'm a witness to the scripture as well, that the Lord is the only one that really will care for you, for who you are, no matter what the relationship you have with him, he cares, you know, in this dimension, or we call it here on earth. Um, of course, we know that we have to bring something to the table in order to feel loved or feel like anyone care for us. We have to, I don't know, maybe pour into them one way or the other um, to get that, give them back to us. But with the Lord, even when we don't know him, he cares. Even when we don't love him, he cares. And so a very powerful scripture, Samantha. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, <clears throat> I want for you to take us back to what life was like as a child growing up. Okay, so as far as I can remember, my childhood wasn't a happy childhood, 100%. Sometimes, as a child, you know, you might have a little fun time, but certain things happen, and I wasn't pay, paying attention to it until I'm older, I realized that, you know, what happened, that was wrong. So... First of all, my mother, she she grew up poor, very, very poor. And my father, he was a fisherman. And I don't even know what, what fisherman used to make back in those days. I guess it, it depends on how much fish you're carrying for that trip and so forth. But the relationship that they had with each other wasn't good. Because there are many times that she told me that he wasn't a very supportive father at that time. So even though he was the one that was working, we still had problems finding food and all the necessities that we needed. And I think from, I guess from, I was growing up, I think there, was, there were always things during my life Hmm. Right, Samantha, we are we're definitely listening. We just we just want to give you the space or the floor to share with us. So you're saying that when you were growing up things endured your life. Can you explain to us some more what that means? Um well being poor was one of them. Um, I think I didn't get the, the life that my mother wanted me to have. So certain things that 
she wanted to provide, she couldn't provide it, even though my father was working at the time. But you know, mother always want the best for their child, and the father is always the one that maybe is slacking off with their responsibility as a father. So there were times that we didn't have food to eat. As a fisherman, he, you know, they stay overnight. So it was always my mother most of the time. And even though he went out and came in back with whatever money he has, it was a small amount that she got. So she had to make do with it. So that was one of them. And the other thing that while I was growing older, more intense things were happening in my life. As I was saying before, I was sexually abused by family friends, family members. And, you know, as a child, they might not take it as anything. They start up with the grooming and stuff, and they might use things, use things that they know will catch your attention to lead on to certain things. And I didn't know that it was wrong. So that went on for, I think it started when I was six years old. I can't remember. But not straight, but intermittently until I was like in sixth, sixth grade, they are both. And I didn't, tell, I didn't tell my mother until high school. I can't remember. But I didn't tell my mother because, as I said, I didn't think it was anything wrong at that time. But as I got older, I realized that, you know, this was wrong. It played on my mind for years. I wanted to tell her, but, you know, I was afraid. Maybe she don't believe me or, oh, sugar, you know, an argument because my mother, she had a very... um. She, has a, she had a bad temper back in those days before she became a Christian. So anything would have transpired if I told her because she knew the persons. If I told her the persons. She... So um, I think you kind of cut out for a minute, but while, while we get connected back to you, Samantha, and I hope you can hear me. Um, so basically, I want... I know that you are in the middle of sharing with us the abuse that you went through sexually um, in your childhood. But before we dive into that part of it, I want to ask this question. Um, you mentioned that your mother and father, there was always some conflict there because, of course, provision was an issue and maybe other stuff. What was your relationship like with both parents? Did you have a good relationship with your mom and dad? Or what was that like? I Yes, I had a good relationship with both of them, but I was more attached to my mother because she was the one that I saw most of the time. As I said, my father, he was kind of hardly around because he was a fisherman saying, no. There be nights that he's not there because he's at sea. And sometimes they stay like in these little cottages on the um on the sea bank. That was when, but I think it was Causeway back in those days before Highway 2000 was built. They had some 
a little community there. I don't know if you remember those communities that the fishermen stayed and do their thing. So he was there for days. So I attached my mother more. But as I grew up older, at one point in time, I went to stay with him. As I think they, they split up. Yes, I think their relationship didn't went well. And she was West and he was East. So I went to stay with him for a while. And our relationship grew there. And but so which include more than one people, which is family, friends, and family members. Mm-hmm. So family, friends, and family members. And right. this identical even to my own experience. Um, I don't think parents really understand the importance of paying attention to every single detail of your child. And sometimes we think that we can trust certain people around our children, but the truth is you just never know what is in the heart of man. Um, now, how did this begin? Like, can you remember what caused this to happen to you? Well, I mean, there is no valuable reason as to why it should, but I, I did hear you said that they, they use things to kind of lure you into the situation. Can you tell us what are some of those things um, that was used to take advantage of your innocence? So, well, I can remember one, one, one encounter. So I, well, I'm, I'm just gonna give it a title, the personal title. So my uncle, he, he uses toys. Mm-hmm. You're okay. right. Mm-hmm. Because my mother couldn't afford toys. or I can't remember if she could afford it, but he used toys. I guess he used to work at a factory somewhere that had toys. So he always had toys at his house. And I, well, I go there sometimes. And I guess it turned into something else. Understood. So he, Right. I don't want to go in there, but yes. And on more than one occasion, I can't remember when it stopped. I guess when I moved from that community, that was of no more. So that was one encounter with that one. Okay. Now, my listeners, I hope that you are paying keen attention, especially if you have kids. I specifically asked her this question because I wanted for you to hear how manipulative the enemy can be and what are some of the things that the enemy can use to lure our children in traps. And here, as you would have heard, toys now because at home she was lacking these things Of course, if it's presented to her elsewhere, she's going to feel like, hey, I mean, there's no reason why she's going to turn it down, except if we teach our children that, hey, be whatever it is that you have, try to be content with that. Sometimes we don't teach our children these important things, right? And it's hard for children to say no to gifts, but you can train them. You can help them to understand that 
hey, whatever mommy or daddy don't have to give you, you have to be able to be content with that, right? From that incident happen, what else? So from that happen, I guess more opportunities like that show up. And then as I, at that tender age, I would say, oh, I went through this already. And I guess it's the norm. So, you know, you wouldn't say anything about it. But eventually I had to say something. As I got older and what happened if I heard somebody else talking about that, talking about it, that it's wrong. Or I don't remember. But as I got older, I realized that it was wrong. And that's when I finally decided to tell my mother about everything that happened. I think I told my mother first because I I couldn't, well, I, I didn't have the courage to tell anybody else, but I think I felt ashamed about what happened and scared. So I told my mother first and um, she was like, why didn't you tell me a long time ago and all the long yards and she called, I think she called some of the persons and confront them about it. And they apologize and told me that it happened to her. And it, I think it happened to my sister. So you can, people call it generation curse. So yeah, I get to realize that it happened to more than one person in the family. So no charges was made against these persons. She just confront them and see what she had to say and they see what they had to say and they apologize and that was it. And these were all family members and family friends, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. And and you know this is one this this thing has become a, a big issue, especially in the black community. Um, it's something that we really need to look into. It's something that we really need to, I don't know, we just have to pray and ask God to really intervene with this matter because you find it that whenever a child is sexually abused by the hands of family members or family friend, it is just dealt with with an apology, and that's just it. Um, and then, of course, we, if we want to take it the biblical way, we know the Lord says forgive and so on and so forth. But there's some there's some crimes, there's some things that really and truly persons are to be held accountable. And in this case, the law should have gotten involved. But of course, because it's family and friends it can just be fixed with an apology. But God forbid if it was an outsider, if it was a stranger from somewhere else, then we would want to tear the whole stone. And I'm speaking from experience, Samantha. I, I, when, I, when I spoke up about my abuse, even though it was years later when I was an adult, I... I didn't get an apology. At least you got an apology. I didn't even get an apology from the person um, that that um, was involved. But no charges was pressed either. And it's as if it was just brushed under the rug. 
Um, so it's just it's just something that we as the black community we really need to look into because this thing is just it's just not okay. All right, and so tell us what what was it like um, venturing now off into high school, having been scarred by people that was supposed to protect you. What was life like um, being in high school and as a young adult? Um, well, growing up with what happened, sometimes I hear some conversation about sexual abuse among children. And if I'm in those conversations or within the area, like a classroom setting, I would, I, would, I think I, I felt a sense of guilt or a sense of being ashamed. So I wouldn't really tell anybody about it or say, you know, I went through that. It was always a secret between myself and whoever knows about it already. So it's not something that I would share with anybody. So I would have to really trust that person or, or that person might have went through it and I share. So I kind of backed away from. Okay. Right. And so then you left high school. Um, and then what was life like being a young adult before you know Christ? Were you the type to party and, you know, just be exposed out there to that kind of lifestyle? Well, that opportunity didn't present itself because I got saved when I was in, I think it was eighth grade. Yes, it was eighth grade. So I was shielded from all those bad experiences. Thank God for that. So I was okay in that part. But before that, if I can remember, I might encounter with some bad friends or some bad decisions. You know, some things that young children might do that is not Christian-like. Not, nothing too bad, but yeah, some conversation you might encounter in and you have some friends that have certain personalities that doesn't fit as, you know, what I call it now. Um, as a good personality, you might be disobedient or um, rebellious. It does give trouble. Mm. But I wasn't, well, I don't think I was a bad child growing up. My mother didn't have any problem with me concerning school and friends. So I was always a quiet one. Even though I'm in a certain group, I'm always a quiet one. So she didn't have any problem with me. So. Okay. And I'm so glad to hear that you were not exposed to that kind of lifestyle because I do believe that um, the enemy intention is to open doors in our lives that will pull us further and further into a dark path. Um, so we are going to take a quick break, guys. A one break, that is. And when we come back, we are going to hear um, how did Samantha encounter the Lord 
how did that happen and her life after getting um, saved through salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So guys, we will be right back. Don't move. Hi, neighbor. Stopping by really quickly to remind you, yes, you, that the word of God is quick and powerful. And what this means is that anywhere the word of God hits, there's an instant connection. But guess what? God needs our vehicles to transport the word from point A to point B. I transport the word in your life today. Do you want to be the vehicle to transport the word into someone else's life? If so, go ahead and share this word on your social media platforms and be a blessing unto others. Let us together fulfill the word of God that says, Go ye out and preach to all nations. Also remember to like, subscribe, and leave your comment in the comment section below. I am so happy to have you as a part of this community. God bless you. May the Lord continue to shine his face upon you and to grant you grace in all your ways. Remember, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See you later.